Don't miss exclusive in-depth coverage of this unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Sign up to see for yourself the creativity, reporting, and storytelling that sets The Athletic apart. And if you go to theathletic.com slash the update, you can receive 40% off of the annual subscription. Sports are back and you won't want to miss breaking stories of your favorite teams like we're giving you right here on the update. So go to theathletic.com slash the update for 40% off an annual subscription. We hope to see you there. For the Athletic Podcast Network, this is The Update. I'm Adam Copeland. On today's show, we'll talk to Philadelphia Phillies radio color man, Kevin Franzen, who's going to talk to us about what is going on with the stoppage of play in Philadelphia and the pausing of their series this weekend against the Toronto Blue Jays following a couple of positive tests at Citizens Bank Ballpark. It's Friday, July 31st. Pleasure to welcome in now to the podcast. I know he's been on before, uh, back when Kate was hosting, and a friend of mine from back at KNBR, former San Francisco Giant, former Philly, former Angel, former Padre. We can name a whole bunch of them. Kevin Franzen joins the podcast now. Kevin, how are you, man, in some weird, weird times? Yeah, you could say that. The ultimate tease, right? You, You get first three games, and then you have to shut it down. I feel bad, honestly, for the players who've been looking forward to this. You know, the Marlins with 17 guys now, it's just, you feel for them, you, you but you also understand that there's mistakes made. Whew. Makes you a little mad. It's all right. It's okay to be mad. <laughs> I think that's a huge part of this, is, is people understanding, especially in today's world, it's okay to feel the way you feel. But as far as the baseball stuff goes, I mean, you do the broadcast for the Philadelphia Phillies. You're out at Citizens Bank Ballpark as part of a, a day-to-day thing now. You're not traveling, obviously, but the Phillies also were going to go about a week without playing baseball. I should let everybody know we are recording this on Thursday morning, July the 30th, and we just became aware that there were two more positive tests in Major League Baseball. Now, the report from Jeff Passan is that these are not from players in the Phillies organization, but instead a clubhouse attendee and a coach. Franny, what can you tell us about the protocols? This is so weird to me because the Phillies were going to be paused in their playing of games until Friday. However, the incubation period is 14 days for COVID-19. You'd still be playing games before the incubation period's up, and now they've said that games will likely be, if not for sure, postponed or canceled for this weekend. Yeah, so it started out with you know just the uh, Yankee series, then it became the, the Blue Jays postponing the Friday game to make it a doubleheader on Saturday, and then just today with the coach and the clubhouse staff member that tested positive, they postponed the Blue Jays series. It just depends because based on what we heard and how long, there's so many different things. It's up to 14 days. I think they wanted to postpone Friday because it would have been a complete week since initial exposure to the Marlins with one positive test. So today was a bad day because it doesn't matter if it's player or not. If it's a staff member, it, it matters. And, you know, two of them tested positive. It sucks, but I feel like, you know, the Phillies organization has done one heck of a job, not only following protocol, trying to be ahead of it and making sure that John Middleton and and Jim Buck, the owners, have made it vocal that the players and staff matter more than anything. And it's up to MLB to decide what's going on. And to me, it's crazy. This whole thing is crazy. It really is. I look at where we are just like society, right? I mean, we lack leadership at times. And we fall into place maybe a little bit too late. But the thing that bothers me is that MLB didn't take it away from the Marlins' hands 
in the vote that they had the other day, they should have just taken it out and just said, you know what, you guys aren't playing. But they didn't do it. We all have to live with that. As society shows, once you get comfortable, once you feel like you're over it, you know, the decline starts to happen. You can go back to normal. It looks like that's what happened with the Marlins. Well, you mentioned the vote where the Marlins had, you know, they, they were aware of the positive tests and decided as a team that they were going to continue to play their games. And then we had another vote a couple of days later. The Washington Nationals decided, I think it was on Tuesday or Wednesday, that if they had to go this weekend to Miami, which now they don't have to, that they were going to vote to not travel to Miami. I mean, I, I would bet in part a lot of that has to do with their manager, Davey Martinez, having a, an underlying heart condition. If something like that were to happen and the, the Washington Nationals were effectively to hold a wildcat strike where they would be on strike against the overall wishes of the union. Is that something that legitimately the players right now are, are in a position that they could feel so unsafe at some juncture that they decide we're not playing games uh, as a team and not necessarily as a union, but the team itself is deciding not to play? I could see that happening. I think this was a wake-up call. I mean, don't put it in players' hands, number one, about health, because more than anything, it is way above our pay grade. I had to the Nationals for actually having the wherewithal, but you have a, an older group, though. That's the other thing. Oldest team in baseball, yeah. So you have guys that have an understanding of each other. And this is not to pigeonhole the Marlins, but just, it's a very young team. It's a team that, you know, there are guys on there that might not be on other big league squads that are going to push the envelope to play, right? And, and so with that being said, as being young, you feel invincible. You go out and do things you feel like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm, you know, it's like society. I could see actually more guys opting out of the season rather than saying we're not going to go play. D.D. Gregorius has had an underlying issue with the kidney thing. He was on the, I'm not going to say the fence. He was more on I'm going to play the whole time. But he said I, I was observing. I wanted to watch how my teammates were respecting this. And he goes towards the end of it, he's like, oh, hands down, I'm playing. My guy, like the guys here respect each other and understand each other that they know that they're respecting this and me and my family. And, you know, I'm doing the same for them and their families. It's bigger than just the players. It's everyone involved. It sucks like, like the, the clubhouse guys have to get involved in this, right? As far as being affected by it. I just feel for everyone on it. But I also see the union hopefully showing the maturity and understanding that it is health over play more than anything. Are you surprised that, there wasn't a complete league stoppage. And, and I know like it's funny because you said it was above your pay grade and we look to the leadership and I look at the leadership and I look at Rob Manford and I say, of course they continue to play. There's a bottom line. They have 60 games they want to get in to get to this amount of money that they can split once they get to the postseason. So I look at that and I go, well, of course they played. But in terms of what Rob Manford put out there, he did that sit down on, on MLB Network and he said, you know, we have adequate protocols. And then within the last two days, they've added additional protocols. So you must not have thought they were completely adequate if you continue to modify them I'm okay with learning and developing and saying we're not doing enough but you know when you say that an entire team would have to get decimated or the competition or the integrity of the league would have to be compromised I don't know how that doesn't affect the competitive integrity of baseball I side with Joe Girardi in this it's a weird year it's one that you can't just say oh well it has to be 60 games if it is by win percentage you can make up some games here and there but if it's not exactly 60 this is a year that it could happen. I think most people should be open-minded to different. Doing the West Central East deal, we've seen this whole thing play out. I mean, New York just had to you know, switch up and play Baltimore, which is pretty awesome. The fact that like they were able to, on the fly, 
all right, guys, like we're going to do this, this, and this. It sounds so bad to say, but it only affects 10 teams, right? Rather than the other 30, you know, the other 29 or 28, if it's, you know, the whole league just in general, like if it's, well, you know, the, the normalcy, seeing how they're going to play this out, seeing how they're going to adjust on the fly. Our schedule changed completely. I know starting next week, we're going to be started with the Yankees. We're like, oh my gosh, like, cause we're going to go to Miami, but they canceled that. It's, this whole thing is ever flowing. It is one that I'm more impressed by all. I'm not talking about just players and organizations, but MLB players, coaches, staff, in adjusting and being open-minded to the adjustment of, you know, the travel, the games, and everything. I think as fans, we've already been adaptable, right? I think we've already agreed that because baseball's been the first one to come back, while I don't love the runner on second base in the 10th inning, I'll take it. If you're going to give me some baseball, I'll take it, right? I was going to ask you about that, actually. The other night, there was a, uh, who was it, Dodgers and the Astros going to the 13th. They went beyond the 10th inning because they both kept scoring, and they both did score in the 10th inning. I thought it was so ironic because, in theory, baseball added these extra rules so that guys weren't at the ballpark for extended periods of time, right? You could end the game in 11 or in 10 innings. Then you say, hey, Pitchers have got to go, you know, a full three hitters or you've got to finish an inning before you can make a pitching change. Well, this Dodger Astro game goes four hours and 40 minutes. They go 13 innings and the Dodgers used nine pitchers anyway. I came out of that game. I was like, man, leave baseball alone. Let my guys play. Yeah. <laughs> it, look, it, it's one of those things I'm fine with it this year. And I, I don't have any like take backs of wanting this. I like it because the health of the guys is what matters when we go about pitchers. We know 15 inning games. Ruin bullpens. And even with the use of nine guys yesterday, it's better than using position players at the end. It's all, you know, there's so many things that go into it. I'm open minded to it. Everyone that claims they're traditionalist, great. That's fine. You don't get a badge for it. You know, it's, it, it, it's, it's one of those things. It's like, dude, great. This is different. It's 2020. We're trying to figure out, you know, different ways. I'm fine with it. Let's move on and go to the next game. You know what I mean? Like We're worried about too many things when it all comes down to it. That's the most simplified way you can put it. We're worried about too many things, dude. That's the way it is. They give us too much, and now we're we're too concerned. I love this game. You've been around me plenty. Like, I love this game more than anything. I don't play this like back in my day. Like, screw it. This game has always got to evolve. We have to evolve. We have to evolve as we've adapted. You use the word adaptability, right? Like, as a fan. Being adaptive in this situation to a new rule, a nuance because of everything that's gone on. I mean, how hard is that? Seriously, how hard is it? <laughs> My problem with you, Franny, is I just think you're biased, dude. I think you just hate 18 inning games in Washington, you know, late into the year where you got to see one guy for like seven straight innings, you know? I can't believe you just went. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, had to go, go Usmero Petit in the Nationals, God. man. Had to do it to you. As bad as that feeling was when, when Brandon hit the uh, the homer, that was one of the loudest. It was probably because the Metro closed and we had a, like our ballpark emptied, so it was even loud. I've already experienced the no one in the stands yeah, big yeah. moment, you know, when it's loud. <laughs> yeah, real fun. Thanks. Yeah, Appreciate yeah. It. Uh, yeah, I had, to, I had to bring it back up. Hey, one more one more thing I want to hit on, just because it happened the other night in San Francisco. Mike Yastrzemski hits the walk-off home run. Huge come-from-behind win. Hell of a victory for the Giants. A lot of fun. You came up there. You played in that ballpark. And Mike Yastrzemski had a really fun comment, I thought, after the game where he said, you don't have to be from San Francisco to dream about hitting balls into the cove. Now, I know you're right-handed, and right-handed hitters haven't done it, but he's a lefty, and I figure he was like 9, 10 years old. He's about my age. When that ballpark opened, how cool is that, that a kid who grew up in another part 
part of the country is growing up, Franny, looking at the ballpark you and I love, saying, I want to do what Barry Bonds did and knock balls into McCovey Cove. You take a step back and you just you have to realize that Mikey Stremski is different than all. He thinks differently. And he's able to compartmentalize a thought that has happened before and not just say it to say it because he wants to endear to fans. It's not something that you like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I totally dreamt. Like, no, like you listen to him speak and you're like, yep, he has been dreaming about this, right? Like that, that's what you get out of it. I talked to him last year and I just said him losing his, his dad, me losing my brother from cancer, all this stuff. You bond together through moments like that, right? And I looked at him and I said, you know what? You know, is the most special thing is that I know a little bit what you're feeling. Because I've always said you don't know how anyone else is feeling through situations like that because my brother is my brother. His dad is his dad. I can't explain it other than saying the guy just gets everything. And he's able to look within and speak the truth. And if people believe it, they believe it. If they don't, they don't. He doesn't care because, you know what, hitting into the cove, because Barry Bonds was hitting him a cove, because that might be one of the greatest players that ever live in our minds. Well, it does in his mind. We found that out last night, too. It's pretty cool, dude. I was thinking, actually, after he said that comment, you know, I, you know, it's funny he didn't say, you know, my dream was always to hit one at, at Fenway Park, but he's been there. He did that. He did that last year. No big deal, man. At baseball, the beauty of baseball right there in that moment in, in, at Fenway, right? Just to see someone that perseveres through the minor leagues, he did the changes within himself, if that makes sense. Like the changes to his swing, the the mindset, it's all part of it. I can't think of any other big leaguers around that you're just feeling for every time he goes out and has success because the story's real and he is real and he's showing why he's he's gonna be a good one. It's the day to day, man. That's why we love baseball. Uh, that's why I love talking ball with you, man. I appreciate you hanging out. We'll definitely have you on again and stay safe, man. I hope you get to call a baseball game soon, dude. Oh God, the ultimate tease. The <laughs> ultimate tease. Like B Smith. Like B. Smith. Shout out B. Smith on the other end. All right, Franny, we'll catch you down the road, man. You're the best. Always love talking to my guy, Kevin Franzen. Uh, got his finger on the pulse ever since he went out there to uh, pay attention to what's happening with the Phillies. He's calling those games, and I can't imagine, you know, for Phillies fans who've got to feel like bringing in Bryce Harper last year was a, a real good starting point for them or hopefully a, a move that was going to put them over the top. And then, of course, Joe Girardi getting hired this year to replace Gabe Kapler, who came out to San Francisco. So we'll pay attention to the COVID-19 protocols that are continually changing in Major League Baseball. For full coverage of sports in the Bay Area, subscribe to the update on Google Podcasts. The Athletic is the world's fastest growing sports media publication. Get in-depth sports stories you won't find anywhere else. Start your 30-day free trial today by visiting theathletic.com slash Google. Hope you've enjoyed the podcast. If you did, we really do ask that you rate, review, and subscribe. We've had a lot of fun with this thing, and we want to keep them coming for you. So get down into the comments. Let us know some stories you'd like to hear about. We've got a great one coming up next week. We're going to talk to Mike Sando, our NFL senior writer, about his quarterback tiers. That's certain to uh, strike a chord with certain people when you don't see your quarterback in the tier you believe he belongs in. So little Jimmy Garoppolo talk next week with Mike Sando. Thanks to Brian. Thanks to Tanika. Thanks for everybody for listening, and we will talk to you guys on Monday.